Welcome to the new episode of Quarter Quest, Comics on the Cheap. Can I ask you a question before we begin? Have you ever wanted to have your own podcast? If so, we'd like to recommend Podbean. We've been using it for the last three years, and we love it. It's easy to use, and the customer support is amazing. Just go to podbean.com and enter the code HAUNTEDLOG at checkout and get your first month of podcasting for free. That's podbean.com, Haunted Log. Now, on to the show. Can you hear me? <laughs> hey, everybody, it's Nick. Hola, Nick! Just wanted to take a few minutes to let you find folks know how you can contact us. You can find us on Twitter at the It's Too Wordy One and on Instagram. Just look for It's Too Wordy. We also have a Discord set up, the Haunted Log. If you like what you hear, maybe considering throwing us some of your spare change. Maybe some of your hard-earned loot. Maybe some stuff you find in your car cushions. Who knows? Anything will go a long way. And you can do that by visiting our Patreon page at Patreon backslash HouseBTS. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy this episode. This week on It's Too Wordy, so clean it up. Don't you want to impress your mama? Welcome everybody to this week's episode of It's Too Wordy, the comic book podcast where three buddies discuss comic books from their childhood and today. I'm Kirk. I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. How we doing this week, guys? Good. Alright, yeah. Alright, yeah. Yeah. Excited to start Horror Month? Yeah, I am. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? (laughs) You're... You're spent after last month. You're like, I'm good for the year now. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we'll be discussing Strike Force number one. And for Horror Month, we will also be discussing Tomb of Dracula number one. Which one we want to do first, guys? Strike Force. All right. What do we think, guys? It's very weird. It is weird. It is. (laughs) I actually enjoyed it. I did too. I didn't think it was weird. No? Oh, I thought it was weird. I read a couple other things this week that were weird. Yeah. And after I read those, I'm like, this is normal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it was weird that um, they brought a changeling in. And their Marvel rarely deals with changelings. And it's kind of cool that they did. Yeah. Yeah. And I it's wanna... not just some shapeshifter. It's something else. I want to know how they decided which people they were going to incorporate into the, the book. You know, how they came up with Bucky, Monica Rambo, Spider-Woman. I would like to believe they heard my rant in the future and realized that they needed to make a group of B-list B-list characters. characters. <laughs> Wiccan? Wiccan's in there, yeah. It's, it's like, pretty awesome. I really dug it. It was it was really good. It's cool. It was a very different Avengers book. The art was... I don't know. The art kind of felt off to me a little bit. Oh, wait till my random read. You'll see some off artwork. I'm good. I really did like it. I... Kind of liked what they were doing with it. And I was trying to figure out from the beginning to where they actually figured out who actually did the virus release kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, huh? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, you know, Cap made his appearance. Old Blade made his appearance. You that know? was awesome. That was awesome seeing Old Blade. No, it was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I said weird, I wasn't meaning it was bad. It was, it was bad no. weird. It was just, it's just it's not your typical Avengers book. Yeah. No, it and I think different. that's why I liked it. Yeah. See, I, I really like the mystical and the. Like, I wouldn't qualify this quite as horror, but the that mystical blade ghost rider realmish type stuff, and I think they did a really good job with this, especially with the characters. I mean, you got Winter Soldier, Spider Woman, Angela from 
image spawn issue number nine first appearance damien hellstrom hellstrom uh who else am i missing oh monica Wiccan, monica monica yeah last time i saw her was in the next wave yeah and she was hilarious yeah this this is fun it had an awesome appearance by satana at the very end yeah demon's sister uh my brother just showed up and he's acting really weird <laughs> <laughs> hmm. i i definitely would tell somebody to go read this this is i I definitely pick it have some tell you guys to pick it up right now i'm probably leaning three and a half i don't feel like it's quite at a four yet but i'd say three and a half solid three and a half yeah about three and a half do i go contrarian or do i just yeah three and a half <laughs> i was gonna give it a one i want to see what the next one is yeah so do i i liked it up until like the the page at the end where it describes everybody and then it was just a bunch of jokes you know, yeah, Bucky has like, a right arm and he's not afraid to use it. Like, well, you it was, know, it was like a serious book and then they ruined it by putting that stuff at the end. It didn't ruin it for me. You know why? I didn't read it. You didn't read it? Oh, <laughs> like, I did. Hey, book's done. I'm, oh, yep, there's the characters. I don't care. Click. <laughs> I didn't know who Angela was and I didn't know who Wiccan was. So I was trying to figure out who that was. Yeah, Angela's supposed to be like Thor's sister or something. Yeah, that's what I think. Bringing yeah, her in. Yeah. And Wiccan is. Scarlet Witches and Visions. Kid. Yeah, I figured that out after. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, it makes sense. Her imaginary kid. She has two. All right, so good stuff. So three, three and a half, three and a half, three and a half, three and a half. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna move on to the Tomb of Dracula number one. What do we think? I love the car- cover art of it. You love the cover. You didn't like the story. I think is this the- Neil Adams' first work. It's Neil Adams, but I don't think it's his first work. But it's it's his early first- work. Yeah, absolutely. Gorgeous cover. Story was eh. Yeah. Moral of the story, you go to an old castle, don't take the stake out of the vampire. Yeah. I don't want to give this away. I don't want to give tell anybody any part of the story. I other really than don't. Frank Drake is Dracula's great, 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 great grandson. He's a direct descendant. Yep. And he inherits the castle and him and his girlfriend and her ex-boyfriend travel to Transylvania yeah, to that, turn it into an amusement park. Pretty yeah, much, that's, not gonna, trap. that's not going to end bad at all. Why would you take your ex, your girlfriend's ex-boyfriend with you? Oh, he's my friend. Like, that is a bad idea. That's a bad idea. That has murder written all over it. Honestly, without giving anything away, the thing you need to know is if the townsfolk start telling you don't go there, all of them are telling you except for one guy, odds are you shouldn't go there. Yeah, you I should mean, work. Jim Cotta even right. taught us that, and that was a horrible movie. One of my favorite movies, but it, 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 they yeah. even did that in that. And it, did you just bring up Jim Cotta? Oh, Jim Cotta's fantastic. Oh, my God. I thought I was the only one who had seen Jim Cotta. <laughs> All right, awesome. Love Jim Gunn. So did I. Okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and now back to the comic show. <laughs> it's got the artwork by Gene Colan in it. So yeah. that in itself, I think Gene Colan was the perfect person to do a Dracula book. Yeah, no, the interiors were very nice looking. But, you know, what really stands out is that Neil Adams art right on the front. And then, you know, as far as the story goes, it just it felt like so many other vampire books that I've read that maybe when it came out, it would have been a fresh look at it for me in all honesty but at this point in my life i've already read so many vampire books that this is kind of like tame yeah this is pretty straight on like hammer horror yeah this is this is christopher lee vampire but definitely worth checking out yeah i think the first issue of that tomb of dracula is going for about two if it's It's in good condition like just the irregular issues like the first 20 are like really expensive yeah it's like why (laughs) it's tomb of dracula for god's sake why is it twenty dollars yeah. And that was like 1999, I think I was trying to find them. And I was like, I'm not paying you $20 for an issue of Tomb of Dracula. <laughs> this should be a quarter book. <laughs> it should be sitting next to Frankenstein. But they do and have an essential, so you can get them without having to throw an arm and a leg out there. Just yep. half of an arm. 
Yep. All right. We would recommend it. At you, least once. If you love 70s horror. Yeah. Well, if you really like like Hammer, like the Hammer movies, you'll love this. I thought it was pretty good. I'd never read it before. So, but rule, rule of the story, don't take your friends to Transylvania and don't take the stake out of the coffin. So the, does <laughs> this storyline introduce Blade? Yes. Okay. And the Night Stalkers. Okay. Yeah. So that and Deacon Frost. That's yep. probably why some of them are expensive now. Yeah. Because they've been movies. All right. Who do we have for this week's uh, D-list character? Deacon Frost. Deacon Frost. All right. All right. Not the one from the movie, right? No. Okay. So Deacon Frost's first appearance was Tomb of Dracula number 13, created by Marv Wolfman and Gene Collin. So he was an alleged scientist looking for immortality. He kidnapped a woman and was going to inject her with vampire blood, that of a recently deceased vampire. And the boyfriend showed up and turned the injection into uh, Deacon, and so Deacon became a vampire. His unique ability as a vampire is that anybody he turned, turned into a doppelganger of himself, and so he could then vampirize the same one over and over and over again and just create multiples of them. He did contend for the position of Lord of Vampires, which was currently held at at the time by Dracula. He uh, turned Hannibal King into a vampire, and then Blade and King teamed up to fight Frost's army. They both thought they had destroyed Frost. But years later, Blade ran across a vampire calling himself Dinkin' Frost, who happened to be a doppelganger. And the one that they killed way back when was a doppelganger. Blade and King and brother Voodoo did foil Frost's attempt later on to take over Garwood Industries. And then Frost later appeared at the summons of Dracula to defend Dracula, but was staked by Blade. And that's about the comic history of Deacon Frost. All right, cool. All right, now we're going to move on to everybody's favorite segment, The Random Reads. I'll go first since I didn't have anything last week. My apologies. All right, so I've been excited for this book pretty much all summer once I saw it coming out. Chris Claremont and Bill Sankowitz were going to be doing a New Mutants one-shot called War Children. The basic premise of the story is Magus is calling to Warlock and to take over the world and fulfill his destiny and turn the planet into a technovirus, pretty much. And he doesn't want to do that because that means he would have to kill all of his friends. So the book is pretty much Warlock hides. They go, they, they send Sam and Lockheed to go find him. He turns Sam and Lockheed into a techno organic infected person. He even infects Hella. Hella makes an appearance in this and she gets infected. Magic gets infected, but for some reason, due to her being a demon, she can't get infected. She's, takes control of her in a different way. About the only cool part about this book, the story was okay. It was really good. Is it shows you how Doug and Warlock became one, became Douglock. And in the end, Doug teaches him there's a different way and dispels the virus. And that's pretty much all it is. I love Chris Claremont and Bill Sankowitz. So they, the two new mutants guys were back. But I just showed Ryan the artwork, and I am sorry that I paid five bucks for that. I said it kind of looked like Jay Lee's stuff a little bit, but not nearly as clean. I could see that working for different stories. I don't know if this was a book. Probably they should have had somebody pretty good. I mean, I know he's not 
as big of a name now as he was in the 90s or 80s, but it is Chris Claremont, and it is the New Mutants. They should have at least given him a better artist to work with. But if it's all directing towards Warlock anyhow, the art makes a little more sense it to me It does. Now. Okay. Yeah. I didn't look at it from that perspective. I just looked at it as I paid five bucks and the, the art was It atrocious. just looks very choppy. Yeah. That's probably not the correct word, but it, it feels very, like there's no flow to it. Yeah. Normally, I try not to be so brutal, but when you, you charge somebody five bucks for a book, you expect it to have a little bit of quality to it. Really? Sometimes, yeah. Especially if they've been pumping this one shot for a whole summer. A lot of books are five bucks now, and my expectation for quality is not at the five buck level anymore. Black Label Superman. <laughs> so, that was one of them. If you can get past the artwork, the story's pretty good. So I would. It does look better than the Black Label Superman. I would. <laughs> I would recommend the book for the story. Just try not to look at the pictures, which is hard because it's a comic book, right? All right. And then I picked up Transformers Galaxies number one, and this uh, story follows the Constructicons and how all they wanted to do was just build. And and rebuild and mine and so they're doozers. They're doozers, pretty much. And then they find out how to form and they learn how to that they can get more work done as one. But the other, I don't even know what you call them because they they aren't talking about Autobots and Decepticons in here because Wheeljack and every all of them are all mixed. So I'm not sure what they just call them. You know, they don't trust them because they can form. And the power that they put out when they're all together is more than anybody can handle. So they keep their energon levels low so they can barely function. All they can do is build. And uh, it's basically talking about how they want to rebuild Cybertron. So it was a pretty good book. I don't want to give too much away. I'd really like to see a Transformers timeline because they have so many stories going on. I can't keep track of what's what anymore. I picked up, what was it, Transformers 11 from the current run, and I was completely lost because everybody was on the same team. Yeah, I know Soundwave kind of crossed over to Autobots. It's all all mixed up. There was actually a G.I. Joe story where one of the Jets was in the G.I. Joe's team. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I would recommend it. It's worth reading. It's worth picking up. The art's pretty good. Uh, yeah. So that's what I got this week. All right. So my thing for random reads now is I go and pick up the book that we're assigned to go buy, and then I go through the quarter bin or the dollar box, and I find a Silver Age book. So I'm doing Conan the Barbarian number 122 from 1981. So on the cover, it says, A town frozen in time. It's people's trapped by sorcery. Conan toppled by a midget magus. And, of course, there's a magus on the cover fighting him with a sword. He's a, <laughs> why? He's a magician. He should not be fighting with a sword. It's by J.M. DeMatteis and John Buscema. And when you think Conan, you think Arnold movies. And it takes a little while to get used to how he looks in the comic books. Like, he's just a big dude, pretty much. This is a story of Conan and a companion. He's a giant who's a mute. And they're they're just out on an adventure and they're going and they're starving, right? So they're looking for food. And a guy comes out of the desert and he's about to trample them with his horse. Conan grabs him, throws him to the ground. Guy runs off. He's like, that town is cursed. And leaves. And Conan and the big guy get on this horse. And it's like, it's just a horse. So you got like a 300-pound Conan. And then you got like a seven-foot-tall giant riding on the back of a normal horse. (laughs) It's like, how strong is that horse? But so they get into town and everybody's frozen. But they're still breathing. So Conan's like, okay, wait a minute. This is magic again. And I hate magic. We need to get where what we need. We're food. And get the hell out of here. Then they notice two kids running around stealing things. So they follow him into a shop. And the Conan, they're like thinking that Conan's going to turn him in. Conan's like, no, I've been there. 
I know what you were going through. I'm not going to turn you in. Just tell me what's going on. So they're like, we just came into town and everybody's like this. So we just thought, hey, free reign, right? We're just going to take everything we want. And then they find a little girl who's also not affected. The villagers start to come alive, but they're like zombies. And they start kind of forcing Conan and his companions into the castle. And they're starting to raid that too. Like the kids are like, oh my God, we're just going to take all these candle holders and whatever. They find a secret passage into the dungeon where they're looking for the mag, mag like the mage. And they come across this little, which they call a midget on the cover. So I'm just going to use little person. Little person. Who's, when you're reading it, he's like, oh, and my, my master used to beat me. And he was so evil to me that I turned him into the, the Lord of the castle. And, and he got like kicked out and, and you're like, this guy's a freaking liar. <laughs> so I'm betting that this is the guy that did it, but he's got like this time stopping half an ambulance that stops time and somebody else has the other half. Anyway, long story short, it ends up being one of the companions that Conan brought in. That is the Magus in disguise who kills the short guy and then wants to kill everybody else. And they pretty much defeat him and then it's over. Okay. It's a cool read. I mean, it's pretty fun. You found that in the quarter book? I found it for a buck. A buck? It took me about, I don't know, 15 minutes to read? Not bad for a dollar. I like it. I don't know. If Conan's not your thing, it's not your thing. I kind of dig it. Number two, which I was like, this book is going to be so stupid. So I've been reading the new Vampirella series because, you know, I try it every once in a while and I can't get into it. And this one I actually like. So I was like, hey, they're bringing out Vampirella meets Red Sonia. Okay, I'll give it a shot. So on the cover, it's two girls, scantily clad, right? Vampirella's boobs are out. Of course, it's a Vampirella book. But inside, it's 1969. Vampirella has just arrived on planet, and she hears something about the Dyatlov Pass in Russia, and she wants to go investigate it. So this story is her going to Russia to investigate the hikers at Dyatlov Pass. And if you know anything about the story, they're reopening the investigation in Russia about the missing kids. Or the, the, the kids that got killed, not missing. They, they died mysteriously in Siberia. And this was about that. And I was like, wow, this is actually pretty cool. It's not about a vampire or her hunting people or them hunting her. It's just a cool little investigation story. And I was like, how are they going to get Red Sonia in here? Frozen in ice, Captain America style. <laughs> <laughs> she is in the, in Siberia in here. And they think that she's a Yeti because she's just in giant like bears, bear clothing. So she's just walking around the tundra by herself. And that's where you meet her. And then it's over. So I was like, I like it. First issue, freaking four. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was really good. Might have to borrow it then. It's really good. Never thought I'd heard Vampirella read Sonia and really good in the same sentence. Yeah, especially from Nick. <laughs> Gail Simone's read Sonia. Really good. Vampirella added to that. Yeah. But she's fully dressed all the time, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome that you found something you like, you're digging. Yeah. We'll we'll see how far it goes. It Until it gets last. really it stupid. Might, it might last till next issue. Until they bring <laughs> Betty and Veronica into it. What's wrong with that? I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Oh. I'm planning on it. <laughs> All right, all right, that's all I got. That's all you got? How about you, Ryan? What you got? Well, the first one I've got is Coffin Bound. This came out a little while ago by Image. When I read the premise of it in previews, I'm like, this sounds pretty interesting. Worth checking out. I'm going to pick it up. And so I did. The coolest thing about this book is there is a body with a skull of a vulture attached with a cage around the vulture's head. That is super cool. Beyond that, I don't know what to make of this at all it kind of gave me a mad max vibe type deal so there's this girl named izzy she's living out in the middle of the desert and this vulture guy shows up and she's like vultures usually mean somebody's about to die he's like yeah so i'm gonna hang around and 
These three guys start shooting at her. She takes them out, jumps in the car, and she's going to raise herself from Earth. So she's going to go to anybody that knows who she is and just take them out. And the vulture guy is riding around in the back seat the whole time. So kind of like that fear and loathing in Las Vegas feel a little bit. And then it jumps to a city where they're at a strip club. And I don't know what happened. The stripper is doing a dance for somebody and then proceeds to rip off all of her skin. She got a little carried away. And all the strippers look identical. And they, the guy goes kind of into a trance kind of thing. She goes up to this room and the guy that there's this guy sitting in a bathtub writing poetry and she grabs bandages, wraps her body up again. So it all heals so she can go do this again later. So it's a weird fetish kind uh, of it, thing. I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> uh, and the guy that was sitting in the bathtub was supposedly the guy that hit, put the hit out on Izzy. So he goes and finds the hitman who apparently eats dirt to figure out where somebody's at and offered to pay him off. He's like, Hey, I know you don't want like to cancel your hits, but this one was a mistake. I don't want you to go after her after all. And they kind of left it at that. I would love to tell you what this book's about. I don't know. You don't know what it's about? <laughs> it's I, not the first I'm time so, this will be. so unbelievably confused by this book. One of us have read um, a book and we don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm probably going to give the second issue a try just because of the Vulture guy. But it's going to have to do something in a different direction for me to stay on it. Because it this is just... It's like way out of the weird zone. This is... This is that negative weird, Nick. This isn't the this isn't the weird. Course weird where we're like, wow, that was really weird. Now I understand what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> the other book I got, this is going to shock you guys. Yep. Aftershock. You are obsolete. Delete. Is it by Matt and Jeff Hardy? No. Oh, okay. This one's a slow burn. It starts off with a guy celebrating his 40th birthday. They sing happy birthday to him. And he kills over when he blows out the candles. And all the kids are on all these electronics. They're like uh, phones and stuff. They don't even notice he's killed over. Well, as you go through the book, this famous writer or journalist is called in to this town to write an article. And so she thought she was dealing with these adults. And she finds out, she gets in the taxi when she gets into town. And the taxi driver goes, oh, you're going to go see the children. And she goes, well, the parent called me. And something to do with the children. He's like, oh, no, no, the parent didn't call you. This is the children calling you. And they want you to take, do something. And he's got this stupid grin on his face the whole time. She gets to the hotel. The ho hotel lady's like, oh, you're here to interview the children. Like, all the adults are in this massive trance kind of thing going on. And she decides she's going to go down to the bar. So she's walking, at, like, at a different location. She's walking out of the hotel to go down to this bar. A car drives by. And I am not kidding. It's like a clown car full of kids. There is just that is that is just unsafe. Yeah, there's no child restraints in this car at all, other than other kids. <laughs> yeah, well, they're crammed in there so much yeah. that. So she gets to the bar, and a lady's playing some music, and she's like, "You know, like you know what? Screw this! I'm going to play some old school stuff." And the bartender like kicks her out immediately. She's he's like, "No, the children are going to find out. You've got to get out, get, leave. I don't want to be associated with you in any manner." For you disobeying the children. Are they under the spell of Damien? I, see, I don't know. They don't give you anything. She's she's walking down the street again. The children drive by yet again, staring at her. And 
the, you see a notepad on her bed that says, who are the children? So she's starting to question who the children are. And she walks through a cemetery to get to where the children are at. And there's a lot of graves. And she's questioning why are there so many graves for such a small town. And it ends with the children standing around staring at her with like a whimsy Adams being the leader type with all these monitors going on in the background and you can see all around town and everything. And they're like, oh, thanks uh, for coming and joining us. I believe you won't be pr- or prove to be any trouble now that we are ready to explain what we'd like to do. And that's how it ends. It's Aftershock, obviously. I'm going to keep on reading it. I will follow it all the way through because it's Aftershock and I have a lot of faith in Aftershock. This book is brought to you by Ryan, the mascot for Aftershock. But this one is weird. Usually there's something that kind of grabs your attention and keeps you going. I don't feel like anything was really established outside of the fact that it feels like the children are running the town. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to definitely keep reading that one. It's got a definite Village of the Damned cover. That's kind of what I was feeling, like, like. uh, or Children of the Corn type thing. Something like that. But it's going to be interesting. I'm sure the technology has something to do with it because they really drove that point home. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, maybe check it out if you're interested. I wouldn't say this is one I'd probably go out and necessarily pursue unless it sounds like it's an interest to you at all. Awesome. Yeah. I might want to check that one out. Yeah. Pretty cool. This week on the list, we have top 10 devils. I'll go first. Number 10, Fog. Nine, Azazel. Eight, Lucifer. Seven, Blue Devil. Six, Dormammu. Five, Damon Hellstrom. Four, Hella. Three, Johnny Blaze. Two, Mephisto. And just because I absolutely love this character, my number one is Strong Guy. Wow. Strong Guy. Wow. Didn't even think about Strong Guy. <laughs> so mine, I wasn't sure about uh, Shumagorath, because he's not really a devil, but he's badass, so I put him on my list as number 11. Number 10, Zarathos. Number 9, Satana. Number 8, Mephisto. Number 7, Damon Hellstrom. Number 6, Trigon. Number 5, Raven. Number 4, Necron. Number 3, Lucifer. Number two, Etrigan, and number one, Blue Devil. Ten for me is Etrigan, and the reason is because I just know who he is, and I can't stand his talking. I, I hate the rhyme crap. I put Thog because I needed a tenth. <laughs> I just, I'm an adult now. I don't need to see some comic character rhyme everything. I It drives me insane. <laughs> Can you imagine writing it? God. Just like... Dude, <laughs> what the? I need a six-month head start. To <laughs> I got the whole run out there if you want to read it. No, I really don't. You sure? No. <laughs> no. The best I ever came with it was Demon Knights, and that's because other people were talking besides just him. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. I actually read one where he didn't rhyme. I can't remember what it was, and I was so excited because he sounds like he's a cool character, but the rhyming thing just drives me insane. I can't do it. Okay, anyhow. Violator from Spawn. Azel. Seven, so I kind of went demon, devil type. That's what I did, too. Okay. Hellboy. Six is Blue Demon. Five, Lucifer. Four, Trigon. Three, Dormammu. I I can never say his name right, but... Dormammu. Yeah, okay. Two, Mephisto. One, Zarthus. Zarthos? Zarthos? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. So we have Zarthos on all our list, right? Uh, Not mine. No? Oh. No. Just the two people that... <laughs> that, that count. <laughs> People that count. <laughs> let's pick on no, the fine. let's pick on the guy who doesn't have as much knowledge. No, it's as us. fine. Nerd. Ghost Rider. 
<laughs> you put Johnny Blaze on there, and he is there though, so it does count. Okay. So there you go. Need. We'll uh, we'll pencil you in for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting bullied on my own show. <laughs> I thought we weren't elitists. Well, <laughs> not on the podcast, but we are to each other. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Anybody got anything else? I watched Stumptown. Did you? What'd you think? Did you watch it? Yeah. Did you like it? I didn't watch it. Okay. So I am a huge Stumptown fan. Mm-hmm. Like, huge. And when it came on, my wife was talking to me, and I kind of looked at her. I'm like, uh, commercials only. I'm like, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> Wow, and you guys are brutal. Bless her. She was even practicing for checking out some information for the interview that was watching videos and stuff. She stopped and played them on commercials and then went. So she let me have the full effect of it. Wow. Um, you guys are abusive to your wives, too. Nice. <laughs> I don't do that with very many shows. I know. And this one, I'm just, I'm just like. It didn't work for me. No, it never but works for you. Sophie was talking to me and. Grandma was doing the dishes, and Sonia was watching something on YouTube. Never never works so. for you, so I don't ever expect no. anybody to listen to you. No. <laughs> <laughs> this epi- The first episode was based off of the very first story Rucka did, and I thought they did a pretty decent job with it. Some of the acting was a little hokey, but I could see Colby Smulders doing a really good job with the role of Dex. The guy that they got playing her brother, I think, is going to be really good. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on, I'm blanking on the kid's name, or the guy's name. He was from uh, New, New Girl. Girl. Yeah, He's her, her best friend who kind of keeps an eye on the brother when Dex is going out and doing jobs and stuff. He's a character I'm going to be interested in seeing develop, but I will hand it to him. They came out the gate immediately with action happening, and yeah. uh, I enjoyed it. Probably not as, I, I think a lot of it was hype in my head, so it was, you know, I was expecting probably a little bit more than it probably should have, but for what it was, I thought it was enjoyable. My only problem with it was you can't jump a Mustang and still drive it. You cannot take it off a 30-foot jump and drop it on its hood and still drive around with it. <laughs> that is accurate. <laughs> Come on, man. It's not the General Lee. So it's not like a Dodge Ram no. <laughs> where it can survive like six tornadoes and the Fall Guys truck? Yep. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I'm going to be interested to see how they go. I did look into it a little bit. Rucka actually only helped produce like two of the shows, but I'm hoping he kind of rubbed off on these other guys that are doing the other shows because, I mean, there's only five or six books out there for Stumptown right now, maybe a little bit more, but that's obviously if they wanted a continuing series, they're going to have to do more with it than just those books. Thank you for not spoiling it because I have not watched it yet. It's good. It's It's fun. Yeah. It's not your average cop drama. I got a little time before I start my new job, so I will be uh, watching it tomorrow. Yeah, it's yeah. I wanted to watch it before tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I'm glad I knew Ryan was going to be watching it. So yeah, it was good. I, I enjoyed it. All right. So we recommend Stumptown on this show. At least yeah. the first episode. At least mm-hmm. the first episode. <laughs> we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anything else? I finally got to play the Friday the Thirteenth video game. It was awesome. It was yeah. pretty fun. Like the old Nintendo one? No. They made a new one for the Xbox and the PlayStation where you can play. It's random. You can you play with a whole bunch of people online, and it's random. There's six camp counselors, and there's Jason. And it's random who you end up being. So you could be a camp counselor, or you could be Jason. Huh. So, and, yeah. 
Did you get to be Jason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a little while to get used to his powers because he's really fast in the water. Of course he is because he's been in there for forever. He can not quite teleport, but he can move really fast and he can have, he has like this radar sense to where they're at. So you can turn it on and it'll turn red to where they're at and you can just zoom right to them and you can watch them climb out the windows and you can, you can intimidate them like breaking windows and like kicking down doors and stuff and they'll run out the other side and you can go to them and just stab them. So fun. It's great. And the problem is there's nobody really playing online anymore, which is sad because it takes forever to find a game. Yeah. But once you're in the game, it's freaking awesome. Huh. And you can get the old Nintendo Purple and blue skin. The hardest game for, in, in, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. That game was impossible. And it was so ridiculous to walk around. Yep. But this one is really fun. It's really fun. That's cool. Yeah, I got to play it for two times. Wow. And Sophie was in the room watching me with me, and she was like, this is scary. And then she just fell asleep watching me play the game. And then we were at Walgreens, and she saw like a stuffed Jason Voorhees, and she was like, it's that game. It's so funny. <laughs> like You are a weird kid. <laughs> Anything else? No, that's all I got. All you got? Got none. All right, guys. Have fun. Read more comics. It's been Kirk, Ryan, and Nick. See you guys. Well, I'm not the kind to kiss and tell, but I've been seen with fire up. I've never been with anything less than a nine. So fine. I've been on fire with Sally Field Gone fast with a girl named Bo But somehow they just don't end up as mine It's a death-defying life I lead I take my chances I die for living in the movies and TV But the hardest thing I ever do Is watch my leading ladies some other guy while I'm bandaging my knee I might fall from a tall building I might roll a brand new car Cause I'm the unknown stuntman That made Redford such a star I've never spent much time in school But I taught ladies plenty it's true, I hire my body out for pay. Hey, hey, I've gotten burned over Cheryl Teague's blown up for Rocky Welch. But when I wind up in the hay, it's only hay. Hey, hey, I might jump an open drawbridge or Tarzan from a vine. Cause I'm the unknown stuntman that makes Eastwood look so fine. President, but I got the best first ladies. Some days I've got them as far as the eye can see. Ooh-wee. A morning dive with Jackie Smith, I crash in the night with Cheryl. But in the end, they never stay with me. I might fall from a tall building, so first rentals don't get hurt. I might leave a mighty canyon, so he can't kiss and flirt. Well, that smooth talker's kissing my girl, I'm just kissing dirt. Yes, I'm the lonely stuntman that made a lover out of her.